We are back in studio for another special episode of On the Sideline with Lindy Patterson and Molly Watson over on Q102. Molly isn't in today, so I'll be taking over the hosting duties with two special guests and an exciting NFL season right around the corner in Cincinnati when the Bengals get ready to take on the Los Angeles Chargers at Paul Brown Stadium in two weeks. Had to bring in the team reporter Marissa Contapelli with the Bengals. She's going into year three. Also new to Sports Illustrated and all Bengals SI now, Nicole Zimbrot. We've actually talked off the air a little bit. We're dealing with all the COVID situation and, and you see Major League Baseball, Major League Soccer, NHL. They started to slowly come back. Are you guys just ready for some sports? <laughs> You have no idea. <laughs> oh my gosh. It was so nice to see some of the other sports start to give back. And the, when we started training camp over at Paul Brown Stadium, it's just like you get that that jitter, those chills. It's like that back to school feeling. And you're just so excited to see everyone and to know that, that sports are returning and that we're going to be having football here in just a couple of weeks. So I feel like this year, more than ever, I know we have Joe Burrow. And that's a whole other story. But there's just a little bit more excitement around the city. Yeah, and you really just don't know how great things are, how great you have it until it's taken away. So, mm-hmm. like, everyone kind of took sports for granted, and then sports were taken away, and it's like, whoa, a lot of people's lives kind of just stopped. And now that it's slowly but surely coming back, it's great. That's so true, because you have to remember, too, it impacts more than just the players and the coaches and us in the media. I mean, you have people working in the concessions at the stadiums Mm -hmm. and you have other people's whose livelihoods really depend on sports and like people in front offices and lots of people who were furloughed or laid off during this time too and you just have to feel for them and Mm -hmm. how much work they've put into getting to that spot in their career yeah sports are always for me personally they were always an escape and when as you mentioned when that got taken away it was really hard to be like okay they're coming back next month or maybe we'll see opening day on time and it has been crazy but as I mentioned what we're dealing with right now, it looks like we're going to get some NFL football in a couple weeks. But let's go back a little bit because everyone asks you, when women in, in broadcasting, how did you get into this business? Why did you want to get in this business? Marissa, why sports broadcasting? Lindsay, a great question that, yes, we do get that question often, but it's one that should be asked, especially for the younger generation because I know now that I'm at that point in my career that I want to like help inspire and encourage young women who want to try to make it in a male-dominated industry because it's not easy. But um, basically going back to, I went to Ohio State and after graduating, I started off with the Cleveland Indians as one of their in-park hosts um, for a season. And while I was doing that, working with Sports Time Ohio up in Cleveland too, just as a production assistant, just behind the scenes, trying to get my feet wet and just to try to make as many connections and get as much experience as I possibly could. And that kind of ended up working out because I started off with formerly Time Warner Cable Sports Channel, now turned into Spectrum Sports, but now they're Spectrum News. So they've had a couple of name changes over the last few years, but I got my start with them in the fall of 2014. And I ended up getting that position because I made a really good impression during an internship I had in college with um, a person, Rob Coons, who ended up being the hiring manager for that spot. So it was just one of those things where if you put in the time and the effort and the work uh, early on, especially during your college years, that was an unpaid internship that I did, but it was something I went to every single time I was on the schedule, just trying to make the most out of it. And it ended up paying off in the long run because I was able to get in with Spectrum, which was just such a phenomenal experience and one that I was just absolutely so happy in. And I just grew so much over my three years there, just getting to cover the whole state of Ohio that it eventually led me to my spot with the Bengals. 
And Nicole, I know that you actually had a uh, job with the front office. So how did that experience and, and now getting to sports reporting, getting to cover the Cincinnati Bengals this year with Sports Illustrated? What's that jump like? It's definitely been like a crazy jump because I literally went from the inside of things to now the media side. And like I text Marissa sometimes and she'll just answer me like, welcome to the media world, girlfriend. And I'm just like, <laughs> oh my gosh, this is great. Um, but my story goes back uh, a while. Uh, when I was 12, I had the opportunity to, opportunity to meet Marvin Lewis. And uh, at that time, I wanted to be the next Aaron Andrews and be in broadcasting and Marvin uh, loved me so much, and he was like, well, I'll give you my business card, and when the time comes, I'll help you get a job. So from 12, I mean, even till today, I talked to him, but he would invite me to the stadium, help me. Like, we never talked football. It was all about life, grade, school, what you're doing. So he became my mentor, and um, just having that mentorship and guiding me along, and then... um, so I was around the team, and I was like, I want to be here. I want to be doing uh, sports. And then I discovered the business side in in college. So when, uh, when was it 2014, my sophomore year at UC, uh, Marvin helped me get on the team. But I always uh, say, like, when you – it's about who you know, but once you get in, that's really where you make your impressions – so Marvin helped me get in, but I climbed the ladder just because of what I put into my work. And I was with the team in some form for six seasons and recently went on to my next adventures. And now I'm with Sports Illustrated. So it's been fun. It's been a lot of fun. And she mentioned a mentor in Marvin Lewis. I feel like in this business, not everyone has one, but if you're lucky, you'll meet someone along the way who's really guided you. You build a relationship, connection. It could be from one job to the next, your first boss in broadcasting. Do you have anybody that you can remember, Marissa? I have a few. Um, I It wouldn't feel right to just list one or two names just because of the journey that I've taken and I've been in a handful of different stops um, so far along the way, but there's definitely a few people that are very close to me that you know I can reach out to after a good day or more importantly, after a bad day, because I mean, you definitely are gonna have ups and downs uh, in the broadcast and media side of things. And you're absolutely right, Lindsay. It's so important to be able to have people who understand what you're going through to just be able to, to bounce things off of them, to, to help you grow and mature as, as a journalist and as a reporter, because I mean, that's part of the reason we're all here too, is that we all, we're all competitive. We all have that, that drive and that spirit that we always constantly want to improve ourselves and continue to get better at our craft and, and better at what we do. And it makes it a lot easier when you have a good support and a good um, network to rely on. A lot of people joke about working in sports broadcasting, and it's almost like the toy department. Some people choose sports over news. You get more happy stories than sad. But it's been a crazy year in the sports industry. When you think about this broadcasting job and your journey alone for both of you, what's the most difficult part about it? That's a good question. <laughs> that really is. It's hard for me. Like wow. at, at times for me personally, I'm like, oh, I can name the pros and the cons. But, but mm-hmm. I always want to hear other people's stories of, of times when it was challenging for them working in this industry. It can be from the beginning. Um, everyone knows it's, it's, it takes a lot of work and then the salary's not always that great in the beginning. And, uh, you know, you just got to work a lot. But, but everyone has a story uh, of just in, in the broadcasting world. 
So I'll start. And I feel like a lot of people can relate to this, but I have very much so a love-hate relationship with social media because I can feel like as great as social media can be at times, it is really difficult and really challenging because there's a lot of negativity um, on social media, whether it's Twitter or Instagram or any of the other platforms that we have. And something that I've had to learn over the years is to block the trolls out and to not let one or two negative comments really affect me and my job because early on in my career, I would let that happen. And I would like take one negative thing that someone would say about me and and I would read too much into it and take it to heart. And that would affect me down the road as I was um, doing interviews or, or doing reports. And so that's something I've learned, especially over the last year or two, is that you take it as with a, as a grain of salt, basically, and um, just know that Internet trolls are, are there and they're going to do that because they're sitting behind a screen. And so while I love social media and I really do think it's a great thing, um, it, yeah, it can be very difficult at times. <laughs> I mean, I'm very new to this side, but I'm going to echo what Marissa said. And I've even texted her like, what is what are like what is happening? And uh, exactly what she said, like, take it with a grain of salt. Be you. Don't change who you are. And um It'll come like you'll just get used to it, but not everyone's going to love who you are, but be you and don't change that. Social media has taken a long time for me to to really get to that point, because I think you always remember there could be five really nice comments. And then there's that one that's really mean. And you think about it all the time and or you read it, you read Mm -hmm. a message board and your name could be on there or, you know, a comment. and, And what does she know? Why is she on there? You know, I used to let that affect me really hardcore. And then my bosses, of course, would be like, don't read the comments. It's just someone, you know, who has time on their hands. And that was always really difficult for me. And um, Sam Ponder, who you guys know, works in the NFL. And she had, she had said it. She was really open about it this past off season about social media and sometimes knowing that you have to log off. And it could be the comments on Twitter. But I also think I, I found myself just in the past, I'll scroll because I'm guilty, and, and I've actually talked to Marissa about this. I'm guilty <laughs> when it comes to social media to post the good moments that people don't always see. Like, mm-hmm. there's some struggle. And and maybe that's more helpful if I do that to, for people to be like, oh, she's not having good days Monday through Sunday. Like, it's not it's, – there's some bad days in there. But I've always tried to try to keep social media really light. And, and I know that everyone struggles, and it is a highlight reel. And sometimes the comparison, we look at that and we play the comparison game. And I think that was one of the most difficult things for me personally. It was just like, you know what, that's that's you're, you're thinking too much. You're taking too much time with social media. Maybe you should just log off. So there's a lot with social media. I love the I love it. I love the tool on Twitter <laughs> because it's fun. I'm 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 not the best. Inter- I don't interact all the time, but I, I do appreciate how fast news can break. Um, I've built so many relationships and, and, you know, gotten other jobs because of social media. But it's just there are times when it's OK to log out, even though that that job is kind of connected what you do in your daily life. But yeah, social media, it's a love hate. It is. That's the perfect description when it comes to social media. It is. And Lindsay, you bring up a really good point. No one's going to post the negative. Mm -hmm. No one's going to post their bad days. They're only posting the good stuff for the most part. And, you know, I think that's really important for people to remember, especially younger aspiring broadcasters and journalists that you cannot compare yourself to everyone else that you see in the industry, everyone else that you see on Instagram or Twitter, because that's not exactly reality. Right. That's a part of the reality, but you're not getting the full picture. To me, social media can be like such a fake world. Um, and exactly like it's not the reality of who someone is. You might have a platform or you might have a brand, but 
check who they are before you do any prejudgment to knowing who they are. And Nicole, you said this earlier, it's it's about being yourself and staying yeah. true to yourself yeah. because Honestly, if you try to be someone else, especially in our industry, I mean, you're you're going to be you're going to see people will see right through you. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have to stay true to who you are and to showcase your personality because honestly, that's what makes you special and that's what makes you unique in this business. And I'll even say that for anyone who is aspiring to be on the business side of sports too, like be you, and because people will see right through it and. Um, that's just one of my biggest advice to anyone, whether it's business or broadcast, like just be you. Yeah. And, and that's one of the things I think at the end of the day, I'd always, I'd always call my mom or my dad and I'm like, you guys are proud of me, right? You guys are proud of me. We're good. Right? So it, it's just a learning experience and I'm still learning it. Goodness, been in it for a while now, but it, but it's fun and, and I love it, but it's, it's definitely a journey and you add social media into the mix, but you guys look, I know Nicole, you're just getting into this, the mm-hmm. writing, the broadcasting side. You were in the front office. What's one lesson that you know now that you wish you would have known then? Oh, that's another. I mean, um, and I feel like I grew up like, I, again, I started as a sophomore in college uh, in some form with the team. And up until I'm 25, about to be 26 in my 25th year of life, like I feel like I grew up something that I um, just like I said, you need to be you be true to yourself and it's a lot, it's very easy to lose sight of who you are to try and keep growing, um, whether that's growing up within the organization or like growing to get yourself into a better position in or out of the organization, but always be true to yourself. And there are definitely moments where I lost that, but quickly like rebound, like, who are you? Who are you? What's your personality? Don't lose sight of Nicole Zembrot. And um, that was what I carry on to today too. I like that. What about you, Marissa? What's something that you know now that maybe when you started your first job that you're like, man, I would have really liked to know that. It's okay to make mistakes because it's going to happen. And that That's means you're human. One. That's a good one. <laughs> Especially early on in my career, I thought I always had to be perfect. I thought I always had to be flawless. But that's just not the reality, especially when you're doing a live shot, you're live on a game. I mean, Lindsay, you know how when we were both doing Suffer Spectrum, it, it, you never know what's going to happen in a situation sometimes. And, and it's OK to flub over your words a little bit or just make a, a, an error because, I mean, that's just that's another opportunity for you to grow from that experience. And even the best of the best, uh, Sam Ponder, Aaron Andrews, they've made mistakes at times. So is for younger broadcasters and journalists just to know it's okay if it happens roll with the punches roll through it and just grow and learn from that experience you mentioned spectrum and it's so crazy because you you look back on these moments and i and i read and i listen to other people in the business and listen to other podcasts and they talk about some of their journey and maybe some of the first jobs they ever had um, Spectrum for me personally, my story is really silly. It's not as great as yours, but um, we I was working with one of the production assistants, one of the camera guys for Spectrum Sports. He was doing Friday night football. He was a photographer. He was like, I was working PA at Channel 12 at the time. He's like, hey, you want to do a sideline? I'm like, yeah, I want to do sideline reporting. He's like, well, why don't you do sideline for Friday night football in Cincinnati? And I'm like two years out of college. I'm like, yes, that sounds great. How do I do it? He's like, here's this guy's number, Jim Kramer, who I absolutely love, and he's still a great guy to this day. He said, okay, well, do you have any tape? And I'm like, I don't even know what that is. <laughs> but I don't have any of it. And I said, but I've been going down to Bengals locker room. I worked at the radio station at the time. 
And I said, I've been going down to the Bengals locker room as kind of like their intern or um, the radio station's intern and just grabbing player interviews and things like that with my recorder. I could cut that up and send it to you. I'm sure it was absolutely brutal. But I sent it to him and it was like three to four minutes long. And he's like, all right, let's give it a try. So I did Friday Night Football for them for like four to five years. And I'm just here to tell you that is some of my favorite moments in this business. Because look, it might just be Friday night in Ohio or Cincinnati, Northern Kentucky. I mean, we know how big football is in Ohio, mm-hmm. but it but it was so much fun. Um, just the people I, w- I would meet along the way. Just the voices you're talking to in, in the truck and, and the guys you're on the sideline with and you're spending your Friday nights with for 10 to 12 weeks during football season. Some of those moments were absolutely some of my favorite. And I think that we we have this moment. And one thing I actually wish I would have done more of is appreciate them. Because I think during those Friday nights, of course, sometimes I'd be exhausted because I'm working like two to three jobs. But you you wish away some of those moments where you're like, I, I got to get this job and I got to do this job and then we got to be here. And then you're like, oh, I really actually had fun doing that. And I miss those people in those moments. So it's a really crazy business. And I guess advice that I would share to anyone who wanted to get into broadcasting, enjoy every job you have. I mean, some of the ones that you that don't pay that great. I mean, I wasn't making tons of money doing Friday Night Sideline. But enjoy those people. Um, make those connections because you will build connections to other jobs. And you also just have great friends from that. And I and I really appreciate that. And I actually miss Friday Night Football in Cincinnati. It was a lot of fun. Do you have any of those moments that like really stand out to you when you're on the sideline there? Oh, absolutely. And I was going to say, first off, I love that story because I did not know that's how you started. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> and I know that we know so many of the same people. And I find it kind of crazy that... We were like kind of both doing stuff for Spectrum for like two or three years, and I never met you no. until I came down to Cincinnati. But I would That's see your crazy. face all the time, like on on our broadcasts. So I just think it's you know everything kind of comes full circle. So I love that like we're both in Cincinnati now and, and can actually be face to face and <laughs> like see each other, which is so nice. But but no, just going back to that, I mean, you're so right. Like especially at the high school level now, sports at every level mm-hmm. matters so much, and people care. But there's something different about the high school level because not only do you have the players and the coaches, you have the band, you have the cheerleaders, you have the fans in the stands and, and the families. And it just it ma- it seems like it matters just a little bit more because for a lot of those kids, that's going to be their last time playing competitive football or, or sports in general. And so I think knowing that going into it, those broadcasts were always just so much fun. And it's the people in the crew in the truck, I mean, you talked about, you know, having the producer in your ear, working with the play-by-play and radio or um, uh, play-by-play and color commentator, they kind of become like a second family in a sense because you do work with them for so many hours each week. And it's just, you just have so much fun. It's just some of those nights for just some of the best, especially getting to work like the high school state championships in Ohio. And it's just seeing kids like dreams literally coming true right in front of your eyes is just some of my favorite moments as a broadcaster. And it's like, I'm like almost excited as them, but like they're the ones that just want to say championship. I just get to like witness it. It's just it's so so surreal sometimes. And one thing that I always noticed the high school football coaches, because before the games, you would always just send them an email or text or say, hey, I want to chat with you for like maybe five minutes and get a little preview of what you think is going to happen. They love talking. They were yes. like, 100 percent. What do you want to know about my team? I'm excited. They were so excited, even though, you know, these are some big time players in Cincinnati and even up in, in the Cleveland area who were going to probably go to D1 schools. And, you know, they probably had stories on them. They loved when their games were on TV. 
So that made it a lot of fun, too, to cover those players. I was going to say, like, as much as you all loved interviewing them, they probably loved it as much you all interviewing them, too. It was cool. It was really cool. And, And, you know, when you work in sports broadcasting, I think everyone, when you look at these moments, I mean, it could be from when you started out to just, you know, last year. You worked in the front office. You work in broadcasting, too. And what are some of those games that really stand out to you where you're like, I cannot believe I'm working this game right now? One of them was, I was still a game day intern, but it was the playoff game in January 2016 when we lost the Steelers. It was literally the highest of highs to the lowest of lows I have gone through in 15 minutes. Um, So that was one that stood out, but just um, like Thursday night football, anytime under the lights. Uh, was awesome. And I honestly liked preseason games too. So one of my responsibilities was uh, halftime. And that's when we would bring in all the little kids for youth football. And them coming out under the lights was like, you guys talking about your Friday night lights. Like it was like them and they would get so hyped in the locker room and they talk trash to each other. And it was so much fun to be a part of. Um, So those games. And then like moment wise of a game was always the military appreciation salute service um so my twin sister's in the military and she got to run out one year with pac-man jones adam pac-man jones and like that was the coolest thing ever just having her be a part of it but last year was really cool because carlos dunlap's dad got to run out with him and i helped facilitate that and carlos had no idea and it was great and like I messaged him afterwards and he was saying like it'll go down as one of my favorite memories with the Bengals and I was like yes and like we love Carlos so (laughs) it was awesome so yeah those are probably my biggest games that I've been a part of so I also I kind of have two um I'll start off my first one with the Bengals was when we were in London last season and I literally had chills when I walked into Wembley Stadium just because it's so iconic and I was just like it's like whoa like this is this is real I'm actually here and I know that was like such a whirlwind of a trip and obviously the game didn't go the way that we would have wanted it to have gone but just getting to experience that different type of environment and getting to meet our fans over in the UK which there are some amazing people over uh, across the pond so that game and and that trip is always going to be one that will stick with me but going back to 2016, so I'm a Cleveland native, and I got to cover the Cavs in the 2016 <laughs> oh NBA gosh. Finals. So that was hands down my favorite and most memorable sports experience. Unfortunately, they didn't travel us, so I didn't get to actually go to Golden State for any of the games, which would have been unbelievable being there for Game 7. But just like leaving Game 6 and getting to cover Game 6 as the Cavs tied it up 3-3. It was just, I had to pinch myself at the time. I was literally sitting next to my coworker, Harrison. I'm like, wait, I'm like, this is this is real. Like, I'm actually here, right? Like, covering my hometown team as they're, like, trying to win a championship. It was just one of the the coolest experiences and something I'll never forget. And as, as women in the sport, um, a lot of people, you know, they'll test you. Do you know this? Do you know this? And, and there are other little girls who are in the stands or they're listening, they're watching, they're reading, and they see you. Nicole, they could see you, you know, when you're working in the front office down there on, on the field. Mm-hmm. Marissa, they see you on the website. They see you as a team reporter, see you on game days, and they think, oh, I want to be that girl one day. I and mean, we all had those moments. I remember being a little girl and thinking, I want to be like, my, for me personally, it was actually Sam Ryan who works for Major League Baseball Network. Mm-hmm. I was like, I want to be that girl. Like, she has the coolest job ever, and I, I want to 
talk football. I want to talk baseball. You know, anything that would be in broadcasting. And that was always a dream for me. But there are these girls who who watch and they learn. And I think that, you know, I'm so thankful for the people who open doors for these jobs to be created because there are women everywhere. I mean, in, in every sport. And Susie Kobler has like a really great quote, because obviously when you're working in the NFL, None of us played football. I mean, I'm guessing you guys didn't play football. But I, I mean, I played flag football in college, but I don't know if that really counts. Yeah, I mean, I was my dad's water girl when he was a football coach, but like I was never playing football. And she said, you don't have to get hit by a semi to know it hurts. And when uh, people would ask her, you know, you're, you're covering football? Like what? She actually did play, but she used that quote and I really like it. But with those girls who who have that dream and, and more of these doors are opening up to you guys because you're out there working in this industry what advice would you give them? That's a good one. Um, I would say definitely keep your connections and network as much as possible. Like all jobs that I've had literally have come from referrals, recommendations, my connections. And even my job with SI, I literally met James in the front office um, and just ended up messaging him like, hey, how do I go about this? One thing led to another, and now I'm here. Um, so definitely get your um, connections and network as much as possible, and just keep working. Uh, doors will open. You, you might have three doors closed on you, but one's going to open, and that'll be your opportunity. Nicole, that's a great one, and mm-hmm. you're so right. Like You can make as many connections as you can in the industry, but it's what you do with those opportunities mm-hmm. that really make a difference. And so I guess my advice would just be to to never become complacent. Like always keep yeah. trying to to learn, especially, I mean, Lindsay, you mentioned like we didn't play football growing up. So you kind of have to study and, and be a student of the game and, and to really just hone in and, and learn and, and study as much as you can. So you can earn that respect and, and to to know as much as every other journalist and reporter um, does about about the sport or whatever it is that you're covering in life. And so just Work as hard as you can. Um, I know that sounds cliche, just yeah. be a hard worker, but it, it's so true, especially in this in this business, because if you're not working hard, it's going to be noticed. Where can fans find you on social media? So on Twitter, I am at Bengals Marissa, Marissa with one S. And then on Instagram, it's Marissa Ray 19. And then on Twitter, I am at Nicole Zembrot. And on Instagram, I am at Nicole Zem underscore. I can't thank you guys enough. I'm going to probably bring you in later on in the season. But again, I wanted to bring you guys in because we've got to talk a little bit, you know, behind the scenes, what goes on in this industry. We can talk X's and O's another time. I just wanted to hear from you guys. So thanks for joining me. Of course, Lindsay. Thank, thank you. you so much. Thank you so much. Again, thank you to the two wonderful ladies. Marissa Contapelli. You'll find her over on Bengals.com. She is the team reporter. Nicole Zimbrode on SI Sports Illustrated side and all Bengals for Sports Illustrated. We'll have them on later in the season as the Bengals get ready for kickoff when they take on the Los Angeles Chargers at Paul Brown Stadium in two weeks. Thank you for joining us on another episode of On the Sideline with Lindsay Patterson and Molly Watson.